the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark chapter 1. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beast, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you that you are chosen that you are beloved, that you are the Son of God, that the heavens have been torn open, that you have been driven into the desert, that you are tempted, and that the angels minister to you. Let that faith be a gift to us. Amen. So we're at the first Sunday in Lent. And Lent is that time of year when we can re-examine our life. Traditionally, Lent has always been a time of giving up something. Maybe a bad habit, maybe something that we overindulge in, like chocolate, my favorite, sugar, my second favorite, caffeine, alcohol, Maybe cell phones, maybe internet, whatever that is. I'd like to ask another one, though. Rather than just giving up something, I'd ask that you add something this Lenten season. Add a spiritual discipline. That may be time to pray that if you're not doing it. It may be reading a scripture, if you're not doing it. It may be showing love to God in some way, or maybe showing love to neighbor, doing a good deed every day. My sort of sounds like a Boy Scout or a Girl Scout, okay? So you can either give up something or you can add something. The text talks about repent and believe. To repent does not just mean saying, I'm sorry. To repent means to rethink what was done, to put some quiet time aside to contemplate what you are repenting. Obviously, to repent means to stop it. 
repent means to interrupt our rat race of a life. To repent means to reassess and readjust our priorities and our behaviors. And why would we do this? We would do it because Jesus understands our natures. He knows that we're just a bundle of reflexes and instincts and selfish and and he loves us. He loves us. So Lent and repentance gives us a time to line up what God wants for us. Did you notice the order of the words? It doesn't say believe and then repent. Belief is not accepting the truth of the good news and then deciding to change. But Mark wants us to say changing how we live and that will draw us into belief. So we believe by doing and following, by being merciful and being compassionate and being loving. Those are the things that say we believe. So why the difference? And how do we trust that it's true? You remember MASH and the priest, Father Mulcahy? Sometimes that's just hard to get out. He tried to talk to a wounded soldier who had been on the battlefield and was traumatized. But when the soldier discovered that the father had never been to the battlefield, he stopped talking to the father because he thought he had no idea what he was talking about. Later in the show, the father does come under enemy fire and he performs emergency medical procedure on the field. And when he gets back and he's talking to the soldier again, the soldier accepts what he's saying because they have a common frame of reference. Now they can talk because Father Balcani gets it. Jesus is baptized. Jesus is driven out into the wilderness. Jesus is tempted. And the wild animals and the angels are there. What that says is Jesus is like the Father. He has been on the battlefield. He has seen the fighting take place. He knows what temptations are. He knows that we know what temptations are. And the words that he then preaches to us are powerful because he has been in the wilderness. He knows what the fallen world is about. 
and he has come through it victoriously. Lent is that season of the church year where we always focus on the cross. And we watch Jesus go through his life heading towards the cross. And there are tests, and there are temptations. And we watch as Jesus' faith grows. He is totally human. Faith has to grow. And he carries out the mission for God. And along that story towards the cross, there are angels in Jesus' life. Those people who minister to him and help him with his needs. And it's the same for us. During this Lenten season, we have angels helping us. Sometimes you sit beside them. Sometimes they are the gathered community of believers, and we are helped in our faith growth. So that spirit that tore open the heavens and baptized Jesus, that spirit doesn't lead Jesus into the wilderness. That spirit drives Jesus into the wilderness. but it doesn't leave. It says the angels ministered to him. That baptism, that faith, is never abandoned. God is faithful. So the Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness for a purpose. The Spirit drives us into wildernesses, too. Why? Because the truth is, we will never volunteer to go into the wilderness. We will never look for opportunities to struggle with the faith. We will never look for a place to have a trial take place with us. We will never search for a temptation we will never struggle to be righteous. We don't choose these. They just happen to us. Even when some of those wilderness events are challenges that we make ourselves, we try not to seek hardship. Yet those hardship times coming, and the Spirit makes use of those events that we may grow in faith. I'm not saying that God causes those events, and that not saying that God punishes us with wilderness experiences. Look at the Scripture. The Spirit doesn't tempt Jesus. He just drives Jesus into the wilderness. I don't think God wants us to suffer 
I don't think he causes us to suffer. I think that God is with us as we work through our wilderness times. We will have questions. We will have struggles. And the things we face are major. But God wants us to know we are his children. So when we're in those times of wilderness, can we ask, even though I did not wish for this, can God work through it to teach me something? What can I get out of what's happening when things don't go my way? How might God use me in a wilderness experience to help someone else? Wilderness experiences stretch us more than we want. The Spirit of God descended upon Jesus at baptism, drove him out into the wilderness, and accompanied him and brought him back. That's a story of faith. And there's something else that we learn as we watch this Lenten story unfold. Jesus will go into the wilderness and peace will follow him. Jesus will touch the unclean but will not become unclean himself. Instead, he will leave a healing. He will leave cleanliness in his wake. He'll touch the dead, and they'll come to life, and he will not die. He'll speak to the blind and leave them seeing. He'll touch the deaf and leave them hearing. He will enter periods of despair and isolation, and he will leave hope and community. So what is our greatest temptation? What would harm us the most? I think the greatest temptation is to think that God is not present. The angels ministered to him. We would be tempted to believe that God is absent, that God has given up, withdrawn. Why? Because we don't think that we are worthy of God's love. We understand when God is silent and we blame ourselves. But that's not what Mark says. He makes it clear that God is present in all things. We were not tempted like Jesus. We are not Jesus. But we can look at that temptation and know that we are never abandoned. The Spirit could drive us into tough, tough places, or we may go into tough places by ourselves, and we are tested, 
and we grow in faith because we are never abandoned. The angels were there in the wilderness. They were there all 40 days in March. Martin Luther in a sermon said, God uses the devil and evil angels. They desire to ruin everything, but God blocks them. Unless a well-earned scourging is in order. God allows pestilence, war, and plagues to come so that we may humble ourselves before him, fear him, hold to him, and call upon him. And when God has accomplished all the purposes through the scourge, then God's angels come again to perform their office. They bid the devil stop the pestilence, the war, and the famine. So the devil must serve us with the very thing which he plans to injure us. For God is such a great master that he is able to turn even the wickedness of the devil into good. Luther. So that might be summarized to say God uses the devil to test people. But the purpose in testing is to build faith. But the purpose of the devil in testing is to destroy faith. So, Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness of testing, and the angels of God ministered to him. Amen.